Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. A couple times there early games, did you have to retighten it at all? And then secondly, uh, did the game change? Did the, the game plan change much uh, when Aaron went down? Or were you able to just kind of step into that same role and uh, and eyeball the same game plan. Well done. Hey, you, you do what you got to do when most of your face is covered by a mask. Hard to be expressive. It really is. And, and you know, my one time that I leave the compound per week, I go to the grocery store. And one of the reasons is it's a sociological experiment just to see whether to what extent people are actually wearing masks. And I've been encouraged in recent weeks a lot of mask wearing, and the vast majority actually covering the nose. Wow. Which is progress. But when you see someone you know and you smile, they don't know you smile, right? I mean, you can't tell. I mean, it's just so why even bother? Like, it's do your eyes smile too? I guess maybe I need to do a little. Paul Williams, eyebrows up and down. Maybe I just need to walk around. They'll think I'm deranged and nobody will talk to me. Not that they want to anyway. No, it it is weird though that way. You're right. You pass somebody in the hallway here at NBC Sports. It's the same thing. Like I'm I'm smiling and saying hello, but yeah, I don't think they really realize it. And yeah, you get the feeling like you don't see smiles anymore. COVID-19, 2020 is the worst year I've ever witnessed. And uh, you just think like with the mask on, you look at everybody and you go, oh, they're angry. They're angry. <laughs> it just seems that way. But here's the other thing, too. There are people that I see wearing a mask who I instantly recognize, even with the mask. Yeah. And then there are people who see me who instantly recognize me, but I don't know who they are through their mask. And that's what's weird. There are the certain people who, from the hair and the eyes, you know who they are. Others, you need a little bit more you than need that. more, I right? know, yes. If this is a game show, right. I need more clues, Alex. Right. I need I some help here. I don't know you here. that well, and your smile really stuck in my brain. Your name didn't, but your smile did. Yeah. So I need help and, there. And 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 uh, that that is just one of these stressful interpersonal moments that we now have. But again, it's once a week. I I I just need to get away. I go to the grocery store. I have my list. And, and there's I don't know. Do you ever go to the grocery store? Have you ever been in a grocery store with you're, your la- laissez-faire upbringing? You're you really been, you're really you know funny. what a grocery store yeah, is. You're funny. You're funny. <laughs> I haven't been in one lately. I I will say that it's been a while. I, ever since COVID nineteen, the wife has done that, and then. I mean, Amazon Prime. I mean, that's another thing that saved, I know, my wife from having to deal with too much of it. I, I love going to the grocery store because you have a list of what you need to get. You go and you get it. It's very binary. It's very discreet, not discreet like, you know, D, it's D-I-S-C-R-E-T-E. It's a very specific task. You go do it. You bring your stuff home. You put it away. And you feel like you have accomplished something, even if you really haven't. You have, 
But it's got a beginning, a middle, and an end, and you move on. There's so much stuff in life now that feels like it never ends. Right. There's just something that's therapeutic for me going to the grocery store. I'm more intrigued that there's, the there's two discreets, and I don't know if I rec- I don't know if I ever knew that. I don't, you know? I don't want to blow your mind here. There's the discreet that yeah. is. I didn't know that. Watch what you say. Right. That's D-I-S-C-R-E-E-T. E-E-T. And then okay. there's discreet, which means specific units. Right. Discreet, right? D-I-S-C-R-E. E-T-E. Okay, so I got you. Go. you. Okay, now all right, good. Thanks, thanks, don't man. You feel thanks, better? Teach. Thanks, you, teacher. Don't, don't you feel better? I'll put an you apple on your desk good. tomorrow. Let me tell you something. You feel as good as you would if you went to the grocery store, but you'll never know that because you've never been to the grocery store. <laughs> Laissez-faire. <laughs> How dare you? All right. I've been to the um, grocery store. I still did do laissez-faire, though. <laughs> it's been a laissez-faire 20 years for Patriots fans. As Chris mm. has said in the past, the hardcore Bostonian would would say that the regular season is the preseason, the postseason is the regular season, and the playoffs are the Super Bowl. That's what Patriots fans have been spoiled by for the past 20 years. I think you got that now, wrong, but either way. That, yes. No, the regular season is the preseason I guess for the Patriots right. fans. Yeah, you're right, yeah. you're right, you're right, you the got it. The postseason is the regular season, right. and the Super Bowl is the playoffs. Yeah. So um, how are they supposed to feel at two and four? <laughs> with a trip to Buffalo coming. I mean, how, how, look, I don't know how closely you've looked at the film of the last couple of weeks, but how bad are they right now? Yeah, well, they're struggling. I mean, there's no doubt about it. So, hey, COVID 19 threw them off. There's no doubt. When you look at Cam Newton specifically, it's certainly thrown him off his game. Yes. Now, here's the broader picture, at least with the Patriots, to where if you want to like latch onto something and go, hey, the sky's not totally falling here. Let's, let's put it into perspective just a little bit, at least the way I see it. You know, the Chiefs game, I still will sit here and go, if Cam Newton's playing that game the way they were playing, they're going to win that game. They outplayed the Chiefs. That game was there to be had. I know that's a, a bold statement and ifs and all of that. But regardless, we saw that they could hang in there with the Kansas City Chiefs without the, one of their best football players. The Broncos game, yeah, sloppy, mistakes. Mike, it wasn't a game where I came away going, oh, man, the Patriots just got dominated. And, you know, they kind of hung. No, I kind of went – Man, the Patriots moved the ball every series, but they always just had that fatal, stupid mistake, whether it was the Izzo fumble, snap over the head, cam, tip pass, those type of things. So I didn't look at that game and just go, oh, man. I went, just oh, the Patriots haven't practiced. Denver played a solid game, no doubt about that. But I wasn't like, oh, man, they're, this is really, really bad. Now, last week, you know, you know I picked the 49ers. That was bad. That was a butt whooping. And that is the type of matchup that I think is concerning for the Patriots as they go forward. I really do. A really good running football team. They lack big people on that side of the ball. They got behind early, and that, that's not their game either because they don't have the weapons in the drop-back pass game to be able to get into a shootout with a team like the 49ers once their offense gets rolling. So I guess what I'm saying is it's not good. I'm not ready to panic or hit the red you know, eject button yet with New England Patriots. No, I, look, I continue to stand by my thought that you better kill them while you can or they're going to get you in January when they figure it all out. Cam Newton's the guy who's got to get it figured out on the offensive side of the ball. He was on WEEI on Monday. Here he is talking about his poor performance. For any type of competitor, do you feel embarrassed? Yeah, yeah. And, and I am as, as, as honest as I could possibly be right now, uh, but yet it, 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 it tells you. And the first thing I said, you know, to myself coming home, I said, you keep playing games like that, bro, and it's going to be a permanent change. And, you know, so wh- whatever type of way that we, we have to motivate ourselves, I'm, I'm, I'm honest with myself. So that, that leaves no type of miscommunication with others. And, you know, when the, when, when the change happened, you know, I'm, I'm stuck on the sideline, you know, listening to, to plays and saying to myself, like, listen, is this really, you know, how you want to, you know, do things or you this is how you want things to be done and and until you make that step to get better as you have been harping on these last couple of weeks then that's what it's going to be i don't fear coaches um i don't fear coaches stability or my position stability more so than controlling the locker room right and you know performances like yesterday you know it jeopardizes like oh my god like you mean players talk Right. And I think that's that's what it's more that that's what's most important to me. 
you know, that last part is very compelling Strong. and it's very real. And yes. we've, we've talked about that before. The players know who can play. The players know who can't play. And if the guy they thought can play all of a sudden isn't playing well, they're going to be Sandy said, yeah, right. What's going on? What see, the hell? You, right. what, what, what in the hell is going yeah. on out there? Yeah. And, and uh, he's more concerned about that than he is the reaction of the coaching staff, which yeah. is kind of surprising. Well, I think he realizes the coaching staff will be realistic about the situation. They're going to be hard. They're going to coach him and all that, but they'll be able to evaluate it for what it is. Yeah, he wants to make sure, though, he still has you know, the, the voice of the locker room, can be the leader, that guy, because he is that guy. He holds himself to that standard. And, yeah, because of that, people expect specialness when it comes to – Cam Newton and his play that way. But, yeah, it's a, it's a cool inside. Look, it shows you, you know, just what he, he values being a leader and, 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 and leading men and, and being the voice in the locker room of reason and whatever else, the energy of the football team. So that was really cool to see. Um, they have to play a certain style of football. You know, yeah, he's out of rhythm. Julian Edelman is less – is not 100%. He's 80, 85, 90%. I mean, he can't really run. Nikhil, Nikhil Harry looks like, you know, it's maybe a bust right now as far as a first-round pick receiver. So there's issues there. Then their O-line is a little banged up the last few weeks, Mike, and they ran the ball very well against Denver. 49ers is a different issue, but that's how they have to play. They need to run the ball, run the ball. Cam Newton runs it. Oh, then the play action and all that works. You know, and then they're in a close game, and that's when Bill can use his magic and really mess with you with all the secondary players and all of that. Um, I, you know, they have a chance to make a run here the next few weeks. You know, this would be a big game this week. They match up very well with the Buffalo Bills. People shouldn't just go, oh, Buffalo's going to beat them. No, Buffalo can't stop the run. Buffalo throws the ball every play. That fits right into New England. Oh, you can't stop the run? Great. We're great at running. Oh, you need to throw the ball with Josh Allen? Well, our secondary is great. So, uh, we'll see where it goes from here, but I'm not like you. I'm not counting them out yet. Cam Newton's passing numbers have been declining game by game all year long. In the yeah. past couple of games, look at the the chart. Look at where he's throwing the ball. Uh -huh. What do you glean from this where you've got so many throws going to the left right. side of the field? Yeah, I, I, I can't really say why that would be, you know, a, a – when I when I just think about it and look at this and just go through the plays in my head that I've seen the last few weeks and everything like that, I mean, a lot of shallow crossers. Sometimes the back goes that way. I don't know. I don't have a reason for you of why he wouldn't be throwing the ball to the right side. I don't think there's anything, like, specifically being done that way. I, I don't know. It must have just shook, shook out that way. Either way, he's off as a passer altogether the last two weeks, too. You know, just – just some balls that he's thrown. There was a third down ball the other day where, you know, just you just go, man, Cam Newton doesn't miss that throw. He throws a rifle in there. And I just feel, feel like he's really got off rhythm ever since the three weeks of not playing football for a guy who didn't play a lot of football before that. And hopefully this is the week he kind of gets it back. They're certainly going to need him. He was asked yesterday on WEEI whether he has brain fog from COVID, which he said no, but – the fact that he would even be asked that question, it gives you an idea of how people are grasping for any type of an answer to explain why this guy who looked so good relative to where he is now, right yeah. out of the gates, and we thought he would get better and better and better and better, he's gotten worse and worse and worse. Where's the bottom? When can they turn it around? When will he be the guy that they thought he was going to be? And can they find a way to fix this? Yeah before they are mathematically eliminated. You know, one thing that was really jarring, we we had a a graphic yesterday on PFTPM that showed some of the historical milestones that have been marked by this this run. First home loss by 27 points or more since 1998 when Pete Carroll was the head coach. I mean, it hasn't happened during the Belichick era. Yeah. So many things that haven't happened since the very early, and there it is, years of Bill Belichick. Look at that. Consecutive regular season home losses, 2008. All right, that's a long time, but that was the year Tom Brady had a torn ACL. Okay, fine. Three-game losing streak, 2002. Two and four through six games, 2000. That was the year they finished 5-11, and 11, Belichick's first year with the team, and then losing by 27 at home, 1998. I mean, th th this has got to be hard 
for Patriots fans to process. It has been a very long time since they've been less than ordinary, and I don't know what you do as a Patriots fan when you have that thing that you've come to rely on every single fall. You know that's going to be there for you. And I know that they've probably had a sense of dread that it's going to end at some point. But I don't know how you react to that. I don't know how you you pivot away from that. I'd say, hey, we got our six Super Bowls. I'm going to go forget football. I'll go find some other sport to follow. There's nothing left for me here. Well, I don't think they should give up on them. I don't. I mean, you know, like you said, the Terminator, he's hard to die. Unless you dip him in some hot lava and crap, he ain't going to die. All right. And, you know, I just look you again. You mentioned a little the schedule, everything like that. They have a chance. If they could pull off an upset here against Buffalo, like I said, and I think they match up very well. The Jets the week after. Hey, Baltimore, that's going to be tough. I expect them to lose. But then the Houston Texans, the Cardinals, the Chargers, I mean, they have a chance to really sit here and go, they could win five out of their next six or at least four out of their next six maybe, you know, to where they're right back in the thick of things here and have a chance to maybe squeak in the playoffs because they're not a team I'd want to mess around with in the playoffs. But, yeah, you know, again, the team that we thought COVID-19 would not affect, it affected them at the worst possible time, at the worst possible position. And then, of course, we can't forget all the people that they had drop out before the year. This is a different football team. And, uh, yeah, they've lost their way, and they played a team last week who's finally getting healthy and is more talented than them. And then they have a coach who I think is the only coach in football who can match wits and really put, like, Bill Belichick's brain in a conundrum and Shanahan, and it all just funneled to the perfect storm and a a big butt-whooping by the 49ers. They've got to win at least three of these next five games or it's done. It's done. You go two and three, you go four and seven, it's done. And then on the other side of those, they've got the back-to-back L.A. trips. Chargers one week. Rams short week. Oh, this is wild. I ha- I hadn't noticed this before on their schedule. They play at the Chargers on a Sunday, and then they play at the Rams Thursday night. Surely they won't be coming back in between. Who does? I mean, I've never so, even seen that organized that way. Usually the team, yeah. the, the right? Is that how they usually do that? I mean, doesn't the, usually the team that has to travel like that used to usually gets to play at least at home the Sunday before that Thursday game? But you know what? If you're going to be in L.A. anyway, you may as well go out there and get acclimated and play at the Chargers, at the Rams, four days apart. Now, they're discouraging anything other than out and back this year because of COVID, but we know the 49ers spent the whole week in West Virginia earlier this year. I would be stunned if the Patriots fly cross-country back and forth with Sunday-Thursday games. But that's going to be a couple of tests as well because even though the Chargers are 2-4, and the Chargers, I think, right now are better than the Patriots. The Chargers have been in every game they've played. They could have won every game they played. They took the Chiefs to overtime. You know, they've stubbed their toes at some moments and lost games they should have won, but they've been in every single game they've played. That one's not going to be easy. The Rams are going to want, you know, at least to the extent there are guys still on the sure. roster from a couple of years ago, a little a little semblance of revenge against the Patriots from Super Bowl 53. So, uh, yeah, not an easy run. And then you got then you got to close out the season. The tour of the AFC East, Dolphins, Bills, and then Jets. So, look, I, I, I'm not giving up on them. They're my preseason Super Bowl pick from the AFC to go with the Buccaneers from the NFC. Feeling pretty good about Tampa. Not so good about the Patriots. But I never abandon ship until it's over. And it may feel like it's over, but with this team, it's never over. We'll see what they can do. How about a little Bill Belichick before we continue yeah. to talk about the Patriots on the Patriots being bad. Here he is. Do you feel that the team is as far off as you guys look at this point in time, or are you confident what you've seen in the past that this group can rekindle what it had earlier this year? Well, I'm focused on us improving and doing doing the best that we can and doing better than we've done. So um, we'll see where that puts us. I don't know, but we, so we certainly need to improve from where we are, and we will. So we'll just have to... Like I said, do it in the in the meetings, in the walkthrough, uh, in film sessions, and on the practice field, and you know, hopefully that that'll translate into better performance on Sunday. Uh, it usually does. You know, is it the talent? Is it the coaching? What is it? And how much do we look at Bill Belichick as the talent evaluator and say maybe there are some flaws there that have been sure. covered up by great coaching? And I've said that in the past. Yeah. 
proof that Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time is that he overcomes his personnel mistakes. Sure. I think his personnel mistakes may have caught up to him. Well, I mean, this year, certainly. Again, we can't forget about the, the opt-outs and some of those issues they've had there. Also, you know, to the biggest Only pick- two of those guys, only two of those guys really hurt them. Okay, well, Cannon, Hightower, Patrick Chung, that's three right okay, off the three. top. Okay, three. and there's Two probably, and a half. There's, all right, so, so that, that hurt, but either way, I get you. The bigger thing, too, all right, just as far as the roster, hey, you know, it's, it's 20 years. Uh, you know, at some point, there is going to be a downturn. They're set up very nicely the next year to kick everybody's butt with the way the salary cap is. So, again, he's always thinking big picture, too, and – you know, the, 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 yes, there's a few guys. Edelman is coming to the end, you know, as far as his shelf life of being a great, great receiver. They messed up on Keel Harry. But, you know, the days of being able to bag on him for, uh, you know, missed draft picks and things like that, I, I mean, I think he's been pretty strong. I mean, it's hard to – the guys in the secondary, you know, some of these offensive linemen he's been able to draft consistently, all of that. I get it. It's not the most talented football team. The thing I'll continue to go back to is – COVID-19, out of the building, not being able to coach your football team hurts the New England Patriots more than anybody. The greatest weapon they have as an organization is that evil genius we just saw there who gives short answers. His ability to coach, think outside the box, and do all of those type of things is their greatest advantage. Walkthroughs, in-person meetings, always being on everything. And that's why he's so confident to go, we will improve, because he's finally going, we will be in the building, and I will have my finger on everything, and you'll watch, we'll be better from here on out. And I, I do believe that. And I think that's really hurt them, especially with all the new pieces on the team. And to the extent that players talk, I can imagine that the players are even more confounded by the fact that it was Cam Newton who was the first one to introduce COVID-19 into the building and spark that two or three lost weeks that Ugh. they're still trying to recover from. And speaking of Cam, and this is funny, I want to mention this one stat. Yeah. Um, I could, because when I saw how badly he played on Sunday, I pulled up the game logs from his entire career because I wanted to see this has to be his worst game since 2011 or 2012, or maybe he's never had a game this bad. He's actually had six games in his career with no touchdowns and three interceptions. He is two away from the all-time record. Congratulations. John Brody, Kerry Collins, Bob Greasy, Norm Sneed, wow. and Chris Sims all hold that record. Can you believe that? <laughs> I didn't play enough games to throw three interceptions <laughs> in six games. Tried. I would have got there. I was going to try to keep uh, a straight face. I would have got there if they just, if, if the damn spleen didn't break, I would have got there. But uh, yeah. I, I thought, I, let me tell you, right. full disclosure, I thought about saying Phil Sims. Just to see, but that would probably have made you more upset. It would have. So I would have been all over that, too. And I'd be like, no, that's not true. There's no way. You could talk all the crap you want about me as a player, but when you go on a big fill, I'm going to get ready, all right? So I'm not shocked to hear – or I mean, a shocking stat, but the one thing with Cam, the way he's always played, he's aggressive, he stands in the pocket a long time, and he's a, not a politician when it comes to the end of the football game. You know, you, you we talk about this a lot. He, he When they're down by 17 points – he still makes throws to try to win and come back and win the game. And that leads to interceptions and things like that. Instead of, yeah, he could check it down and go nine for nine in the fourth quarter and get 120 yards and give his chance no t- chance to win and come away and you go, oh, well, we, we, can't, we can't blame Cam Newton. Look, his stats are pretty good. No, he just, he's not that way. And, you know, that comes back to bite you in your butt sometime. And, of course, you know, he's had a little issues of accuracy here and there too throughout his career. Well, and and we'll see how he responds to getting pulled from the game. Yeah. He sounds resolute. He, he sounds does. determined. And he's ready to turn it around. And big test this week. Cam Newton, Josh Allen. And as you said, and I believe you, you I, look, we've, we've seen the Bills all year long. They can't run the ball. They can't stop the run. I'm amazed the Bills aren't looking at doing something to enhance their, their running game right. at the trade deadline. Yeah. They need to do something. Um, it's not like there's a ton of guys out there. LaShawn McCoy, as we said earlier, may be available. I have a feeling the Bills will not be trading for LaShawn McCoy, but there's got to be something they can do. There's got to be some deal they can make to try to make that that running game better or they are not going to be uh, a, a true contender. There's right. still going to be right. a gap between them and the teams, the four teams that have emerged as the best in the AFC, the Titans, the Ravens, the Steelers, and the Chiefs. All right, let's take a break. Flip it over to the NFC. 
Chris watched the film. I frankly didn't, but I watched the game close enough on Sunday night. Cardinals, Seahawks. A long game, a great game, an exciting game. What do we learn when we take a closer look at what happened on Sunday night? We'll do that when PFT Live I'm still tired from that game. On the touchdown pass to Hopkins, it looked like the, the snap came quickly. Was that, were you guys trying to catch them unawares or did that come a little quicker than Kyler thought? Yeah, that play, um, we stole it from Ohio State. They ran against Michigan. Um, you all kind of looked at the side like you're getting a play and you snap it, try to catch them off guard. Um, they had a wide open Ohio State, the kid dropped it, but uh, I like to play and it, you know, it unsettles the, the DBs and our, our guys did a great job of executing it. Um, and obviously it was a great throw and a great catch by Hop. Um, but even if you don't hit it, you kind of freak them out for the remainder of the game. Great moment too, because it prompted that gigantic smile that you could see from inside the face mask of Kyler Murray because it worked. And I love the fact that coaches are always thinking. They're always scheming. There he is. There he is. There's that smile. Hey, that's actual game footage. They're always smiling. They're always scheming. They're always um, they're always looking for anything they can. You know, I've heard different stories from different coaches about, you know, going back and watching like every touchdown that's been scored from the prior week, looking for any idea, any wrinkle. Whether it's college, whether it's pro, my guess is they go to a high school game, Chris. They would. And they're looking for anything that they could use as an idea for something for their team. I, I, there's no doubt. I mean, there, there really isn't. I mean, it's just the way the football brain works, really. I mean, I go to my kids' little you know, flag football games, and I see things every now and then. I go, oh, that was kind of cool. You know, that, that was a smart idea or whatever. So, yeah, don't – they will certainly steal from any way possible. Um, I think the big thing about the game, hey, the Arizona Cardinals, give them a lot of credit for hanging around, doing all those type of things. I still can sit here after watching the film yesterday where I like them, but I don't know if I'm a total believer in them quite yet, like where I'm just going, oh, they're definitely going to make the playoffs – and being that, like, I understand they're in playoff contention and they're in that conversation and all of those type of things. But I still look at the offense as being way too much on one guy and Kyler Murray. I don't know if it delivers enough as far as scheme wise all the time. There's so much pressure on him, Mike, just to be, hey, quick throw, make the great throw. Okay. The, the scheme itself can be kind of simple at times. And then it comes on to him running and making plays and doing that way. And yes, it's good, but Seattle's defense stinks, and he was able to pull that off more maybe against the Seahawks than he would be able to against some other teams that are out there. But he still does it every week. That's the thing. He doesn't he do it every week. It. He didn't do it the well, week against Carolina, and he didn't do it against yeah. Detroit, and they're not that good. But they have formulas to stop that offense. He's still awesome, and you have to worry about that, and Seattle's always going to have an issue with him for sure. Sorry. And, and you know, I think of the Seahawks. They still wear the same uniforms. But the defense is very different than what it was, especially yes. up front. Why in the world can't they get a pass rush? And Everson Griffin reportedly available. Dallas Cowboys looking to move on, cut their losses. I, I can't imagine why the Seahawks wouldn't be at the front of the line to find anyone who can help that pass rush. Yeah, I mean, th yes. But, you know, again, Everson Griffin hasn't looked that great either. So I don't know. You know, don't Got two and a half sacks this year. You know, yeah. Well, I mean, everybody's dropping back to throw against Dallas. So, yeah, I'm sure he does <laughs> at some point. I mean, it's drop back and throw for 50 yards every time you drop back. But the defensive line to your pick, your question and all that, I mean, as you know, we've talked about it. It's, they're, they're, they're not good. They stink. They're, that's all there is to it. The defense in general stinks. It's not coached well. They can't play man-to-man, -man, and they can't rush the passer. And then what comes worse in a game like this with Arizona, because of Kyler Murray's ability to run and do things like that, they were reluctant to blitz. And they just played zones and try to rally to him and make the tackle so all their eyes are on him and all those things. But what he does is he wears you out. Like a Derrick Henry, like in the fourth quarter, Kyler Murray has the same effect, but it's more because you've been chasing this damn guy all over the field, and then the pass rush starts to wear out as the game goes along because you're always, oh, is he this way? Oh, is he that way? Oh, he's going that way. Let me chase him. And it just it exhausts defenses to where it's a very unique way that he wears them down because of his skill set. But generally, this Seahawks – the Seahawks defense. I mean, yeah. I, 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 one of the reasons you and I both are now at the point where we regard the Buccaneers as the better team in the conference, that defense 
is is not going. You know, they 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 live dangerously and they feel like they can win every game. Right. You're eventually going to get into a playoff game where it's not going to go your way because your defense isn't going to be able to step up. And this is as glaring as it's ever been for the Seahawks. Yeah, it is. It's it is glaring. And you know what? They they need Jamal Adams back. Um, they've been relying on. Yeah, our defense isn't good, but we'll make two or three plays just to give Russell Wilson an extra possession. And they did that in the game. I mean, they caused some some issues. You know, DeAndre Hopkins fumble. They did intercept Kyler Murray, right? I mean, they they were there. It was there to be had as far as that's concerned. And let's not forget this aspect again, too. You know, the Seahawks got the two worst penalties of the day called on them. It's 27-17. The Cardinals are backed up. It's third and five. They're down on their own, like, 12-yard line. He throws that ball over the middle that's a bang-bang play, and they call unnecessary roughness on Bobby Wagner that Collinsworth uh, and Terry McCauley didn't agree with. That was a huge moment because they're going to punt the ball to Seattle, who's going to get the ball around midfield, and they're up 10, and that's where Seattle thrives to go, okay, now we're up 17 or you know 17 or 13 or whatever it is. So that really killed them, and then let's not forget the – the jump over on the field goal call like with Benson Mayoa. That was a huge that was a huge call, the leverage call that ended up letting the Cardinals score the touchdown. So they had some moments of stopping them or doing that, but you know, they got a little unlucky that way too. And you know, it felt at times like the Seahawks were just gonna bust it wide open and the Cardinals would have no chance. One of the things that helped the Cardinals, three interceptions from Russell Wilson. Now, can you rank the, from from most egregious to least egregious, the mistakes, the miscues from the guy who was the MVP favorite yeah. who may not be now. Well, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot on him all the time, too. I, I think that last one, I think, is probably takes the cake just because that was great defense by Vance Joseph. The last, the last four plays of the game were all-out blitz, all-out blitz, the DK Metcalf touchdown screen that got called back, and then Vance Joseph went to, let's show that all-out blitz that I did and let's everybody drop. And Russell Wilson, it, they did this to him two or three times during the game. This was the last time, of course. And he, I guess he predetermined and thought they were blitzing. He was going to dump it off. So that was a bad one. You know, the interception in the end zone, of course, another bad one where they, they're trying to run a quick play and the Cardinals are not, not lined up properly. They mess up coverages. Buda Baker, I don't even think he's supposed to cover Chris Carson in the flat, and he makes that play. Russell Wilson thought he had a slam dunk touchdown. That's why he threw the ball. He was like, oh, he's so wide open. Let me just throw a little easy one. And then I would say the third one with DK Metcalf, again, Vance Joseph, all-out blitz, forces Russell Wilson to run to the right. And DK Metcalf, I think, was running downfield, and he thought, wait, let me stop and come back and help my wide uh, quarterback. And as he stopped, Russell was already in the motion. And he threw the jump ball to him, and that's where Patrick Peterson got the interception. They were off, off all night. DK and Russell, uh, it was as off as I've seen them be in a game so far. What do you think caused that? I mean, it, you you could look at it and say they didn't do enough to get DK Metcalf sure. involved. Do right. you think that the Cardinals? after taking a closer look at it, specifically took away DK Metcalf. Well, I've got to give Patrick Peterson some credit. He did do a really good job. They matched him up on DK Metcalf a lot. The biggest thing is, I think the first thing you said, you know, it, it doesn't matter, man-to-man, -man, whatever. you you got to have some plays for DK Metcalf to just to get the ball and get his beak wet a little, right? Just, like, get him going, get him in the game. That was unfair to him. And then the other thing is, I'm going to place the blame on Russell Wilson. I am. You can't let defenses play DK Metcalf man-to-man one-on-one. There was a handful of plays where they're playing man-to-man -man on DK Metcalf and Russell Wilson goes to the other side of the field and you're going, whoa, DK Metcalf just blew by Patrick Peterson. It's a 50-yard touchdown if he throws it. Or, whoa, Patrick Peterson's 15 yards off. Just throw the six-yard hitch route to DK Metcalf and let's see if they could tackle him. You know, So I really think that was more on Russell to – he's got to like – I don't know, he usually always does it, reprogram his brain to just go, hey, if it's man-to-man, -man, I'm throwing to him. Nobody can cover. My guy's better than your guy. I'm an awesome thrower. And I think sometimes that's all that needs to be done with those two. Yeah, and and look, you can take away DK, and they still have Tyler Lockett, and at some point they're going to have Josh Gordon, although people are confused. I was talking to someone yesterday about this. What in the world's going on with Josh Gordon? He applied for reinstatement June 15th still waiting for a final decision from the NFL. But, 
you put Gordon out there with those guys, and Greg Olson still has the capacity to get yeah. it done. That offense can be very, very good. I just worry about the defense. Yes. And I worry about, you know, a tough game, big game, division on the line, one seat on the line, whatever the case may be, with or without Jamal Adams. Because I, I think there's only so much Jamal Adams sure. can do. Right. And 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 he's got to be, especially after this loss, even more motivated to get back as soon as possible. And I hope he doesn't push it to the point where he's got that groin injury or just some sort of a nagging problem where he's not completely 100% all year long, Chris. No, I, that would that would be horrible because, you know, like we like we're talking about, that, that it doesn't look like they're going to stop people. That's just not going to happen. You know, again, the talent's not good enough. The coaching's not good enough right now. You know, there's there's too many mistakes that way. And yet they're relying on just, hey, Pete Carroll, Ken Norton Jr., let's hustle, let's be tough, and we'll cause a little chaos every now and then and make a play that way. And like to what you're saying, yeah, that's good, but I don't know if that's going to get it done against the really good teams in the NFC playoff picture. Like, are you going to be able to depend on Drew Brees or Tom Brady, you know, and that team making a stupid mistake? Uh, in the third or fourth quarter to do that? No, I, I wouldn't rely on that. So, yeah, I, I look at them and go, pass rusher, another corner, something like that to play man-to-man a little bit. They got to look, be looking in this trade market right now to improve their team. All right, uh, by the way, full film breakdown of the Seahawks-Cardinals will be on the latest Chris Sims Unbuttoned, which will be on Peacock tonight after PFT Whoa. p.m. I assume that doesn't mean you will be working from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. live. No. I assume that will be taped. No, that will be taped. It already has been Some assumptions aren't safe. Other assumptions are safe. Here's a safe assumption. On Tuesdays during the season, we uh, do a draft of goats in a bad way. We're going to do that next on this Tuesday edition of PFC Live. We'll be right back. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Obviously, the frustration for him as well is just, you know, look, when he misses them, nobody, whoops, excuse me, now I got something in my eye, um, just had some Tabasco on my finger and it went in my eye, that wasn't good. Oh, never good. It's terrible. Jeez, I'm sorry. Hang on, guys, will be right back. Give me one second. Man. There's got to be some metaphor there for, I, I don't know. I Look, as I said last night, they can't put any figurative hot sauce on their opponents, so they put some literal hot sauce in their eyes, I guess. I and, and, of course, you get the Tabasco in your eye because you put your finger in your eye. I mean, you saw him messing around with his finger near his eye, and then all of a sudden he realizes something's not right here. Tabasco sauce, Mike Nolan's eye, had to take a break from his press conference, but he did return, and the eye, I am happy to report, is fine. The Cowboys aren't. Uh, and there may be one or more members of the organization who make an appearance in today's draft. The goats in a bad way for week seven. I don't see a trivia question. Is there a trivia? I question got it. Yep. I got it right here. You've got it. All right. Go ahead. Fire away. All right. So let me see here. I don't know. This is a confusing text here. All right. Justin Herbert became the second rookie QB to throw three TDs in consecutive games. Okay. The second rookie QB to throw three. Three straight T and three consecutive games. Three TDs and three consecutive games. Can you name one of the other? This is Chargers Chargers rookie. It's horrible by our producer here. Horrible texting. Wait. Justin Herbert became the second rookie quarterback 
to throw three touchdowns in three consecutive games. All right. Can you name the other Chargers rookie quarterback that did that? Yeah. Uh, the second Chargers, I, you said you're all right, Spider. I don't know. I, look, yeah. I, he messed it yeah. up. Matt Casey. Drew Brees. He's, uh, no, Drew Brees. Nope. It was Ryan Leaf, I guess. I don't know what the hell Matt Casey's doing. He's a Jets fan. Right. You know, what can you expect from the guy? He's, you know, he's, he's obviously a bad life decision right off the bat. So, you know, what can we say? Uh, let, me, let me just say this. Let me just say this. None of us is getting the last minute of our lives back. I'm sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. First pick goes to you. It goes to me. I don't, was that even fair? Um, I guess I got to go with Todd Gurley for Goats of the Week. I mean... I, I hate to do it to him. He's smart. We've seen him go down before in these scenarios. Um, that was a killer there. It really was. And, and of course, I'm sure he's beating himself over it as well. But the fact that he did not go down gave Detroit the ability, or he did he, he did not go down. He scores the touchdown. Gives Detroit the ability to go and get the game-winning touchdown. Uh, that to me has got to be the go to the week with Todd Gurley. But still, one of the all-time great sports photos. Not quite Muhammad Ali and Sonny Liston, but. The, the Lions player, hands in the air, saying touchdown for the other team because that was the only path to victory for the Detroit Lions, and it all really worked out. Lions win, Falcons lose. Just another way. You know, the Falcons oh, were out of ways to lose games. Credit to them for finding, finding another a new way to blow a lead and lose a game, scoring a touchdown when you're trying not to. Jamie Collins says touchdown. Yes, it was. Lions win. Yeah, that's that's all time goat. Sorry, Todd, but you shouldn't have scored. It was up to you. You could have fallen down in the field of play like another guy did unintentionally on Thursday night. You didn't, and that's what happens. <laughs> all right, first one for me. Uh, I got to go Cam Newton. I mean, God, we, yeah. we've been talking about it. It's clear. It's obvious. He knows it. He wouldn't be mad about it. How could you be mad about it? Right. It was a horrible performance in a big spot. And now he's left picking up the pieces. The team is left picking up the pieces. And who knows whether or not they even can. And, and who knows how long he'll survive as the starting quarterback. He got yanked for Jared Stidham. And he understands that if this continues, it will be permanent. Not like Kirk Cousins with that baloney. I'll get eventually benched for good. It's Sean Mannion. Belichick will do it. It's Jared Stidham. At some point, he'll do it. And uh, Cam Newton deserves to have the goat horns for this week. Chris. Yeah, well, is uh, I, I get it. I mean, it's it's been sloppy the last two weeks. We've seen some errant throws. Saw some good throws in the game, too, but saw some throws where you just go, man, that's not Cam Newton. And he's been off ever since he's gotten back from COVID-19. So I, I, I get it there. I, I think the next one I got to go do here is um, I got to do something with the defensive staff, I think, on the, the Houston Texans. And a little bit of we just showed that clip of, you know, Rodgers and Devontae Adams and, you know, man to man, he's gonna keep feeding the feeding the beast. You know, it's what, what I should have said about Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf in our last thing. You got man to man, you guys gotta feed him. But Romeo Cornell and uh I'm blanking on the damn defensive uh the new defensive coordinator down there and I'm trying to look it up right now on the fly and I'm I'm blanking. Anthony Weaver, there it is. I just don't know. At what point do you start to go, wait, we need to readjust the game plan. What we're doing is not working. You know, don't just keep beating your head against the wall and think you're going to get a different result. At some point, just change it up. Take a chance. Do something else. But when Aaron Rodgers sees Devontae Adams one-on-one -on -one against a bunch of guys that can't cover one-on-one -on -one very good, he's going to tear them apart. And he's the ultimate, like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, and I'll wear this out. And he wore it out. And I just am... Shocked that there was never an adjustment there from uh, Romeo or Anthony Weaver there to kind of take Devontae Adams out of the football game. I got to go Daniel Jones with my next pick. I have to. I'm sorry. And I've gotten some emails from people saying, oh, we're all human. We all make mistakes. Yeah, we do. And that's what this segment of the show is reserved for, the people who make the most significant and noteworthy mistakes. And, you know, it's not just for falling down in the open field when you have an 87-yard touchdown run, probably the only time in your career you're ever going to do that. But he did fall down in the open field. He did. I'm sorry. He did. And maybe I would have done the same damn thing, and I would have expected to be included in this draft. In fact, I would have been disappointed if I wasn't included in this draft. But also on top of it, you know, that that ongoing lack of awareness in the pocket, yeah, Chris. I, I get you. Going back to the last play. When he did not take a deep drop, he's waiting for someone to get open, and he's oblivious to the fact that Brandon Graham is bearing down on him. He's just oblivious at times. And it's like he doesn't even recognize that there's a chance that there's going to be somebody there who may hit him. Right. So, uh, so anyway, 
Uh, Daniel Jones, no. final answer. You're up next. I, I, well, I, I get it. I do. I mean, the, the, the awareness on the last play, it, it is annoying. And a guy that, you know, I'm a Giants fan and I root for Daniel Jones because he does do a lot of good things too with not a lot of help around him. But that, that's something he can fix. fix. And uh, damn, he needs to fix that because it is an issue. The other thing, too, I, I do get a little sick of people ragging on the guy. I know he tripped and fell. But I also want to like question some of these fan bases and be like, can your quarterback run 80 yards? Because I don't think they can. I think they might have tripped at, well, the, at the butt. But I get it. He's a professional but athlete. It's more spectacular. Yes. He's a professional athlete. I He's know. got nothing but green in front of him. It's more spectacular when who? It's the it's our greatest fear, a pratfall in a public setting. So when it happens, yeah. I mean, now you're making me feel bad for picking the guy. Good. You should feel bad. What a jerk you are. All right. Yep. You're you're a jerk. All, All right. right. Go um, ahead. You're up. I'm 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 a tough one here. You know, I think I think I'm going to go and I don't like to do this because I'm going to the other New York quarterback. I'm going to go to Sam Darnold, all right? And I'm really only because of one play. And we you know, we talked about it on Football Night in America, but it's a 10-3 lead at the end of the first half. They're dancing around midfield and he throws a bad interception into double coverage along the left sideline. And that was like night-night. The game was over. It really was. Buffalo got a quick field goal before the half ended. They got the ball to start the second half. They went down and kicked another field goal. And all of a sudden, the Jets were losing the football game, or only up by one, excuse me. But, you know, again, I know he doesn't have a lot of help. It's just one of those things where you go, man, you got a 10-3 lead. The other team's struggling a little. Don't give them any life. Don't do anything. See the big picture of the game. You guys aren't good. You're not the type of like, oh, you're going to make some crazy play type offense right here to get one more field goal or whatever that is. So that was uh, maybe their chance to win a game last week. They caught the Bills on a on an off week for sure who have not been playing well, and they kind of had them wobbly on the ropes. And I feel like that kind of woke the Bills up a little bit and got them going again. Last one for me, and, and this one just occurred to me because I've got several others because you didn't – you only picked one of the ones because I come with six. Yeah. In the event that you have the three that I also don't sure. know. You know how that you know how the math right. goes. Sometimes sometimes I live dangerously and I have fewer than six. Today you only took one that I took. I'm gonna go John Bostic though, and I didn't even bring that one to the table, but it just it just was reminded. I of forgot that. about I'm it. Thinking of that Cowboys game, I was thinking Mike McCarthy. Yeah, I'm thinking right. Mike Nolan. No. Right. You know what? John Bostic applied a gratuitous, unnecessary, violent hit that has no place in today's game. It never had a place in the guy was sliding. He went in helmet first. He blew up Andy Dalton. He gave him a concussion. There was no need for it. It's not like you're trying to knock, you know, the greatest quarterback in football out of the game for strategic reasons. So you can win the Super Bowl again. Not that I'm saying that any of that's ever right, but at least in that setting you benefit. What do you, what's the benefit at that point? There's no strategic benefit. And again, that doesn't make it right. I'm just saying it makes it even more gratuitous and unnecessary and head-scratching that in that moment when they are dominating the Cowboys that he would feel compelled to apply that kind of a hit to Andy Dalton. As Ron Rivera told me after the game, he's a veteran player. He told him you should know better. He should know better. He isn't suspended for it. He was ejected. I'm sure he'll get a huge fine. And if he ever does anything like that again, he should be suspended for multiple games, Chris. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're just – we're too – I mean, you said it right. There really was never any place for that, you know, but especially not now. I mean, after the last eight, ten years with all this conversation and the way the league's gone and the guys are too informed – you get to see too many videos all year long about what you should and what you shouldn't do, let alone the coaches themselves stay on you that way. So, yeah, I'm with that was a good call, Mike, and I can't lie. I forgot about that one. I did. So, uh, good one there. Uh, I'm a, I think I but, what? Go ahead. We got to go. Yeah, I'm going to go gonna Nick Foles last night. Isn't it my pick or did I been already done? I'm done? No, you already done three. Oh, okay. Well, I wanted to add Nick Foles on there, but too late. Sorry, I'm good. Last Friday, last Friday, Peter King very seamlessly just blew right into round four, so we had a four-round round, Shocker. and that was that. Shocker. Yeah. I'm really shocked. Um, was he like, by the way, all right, my fourth round by, pick. <laughs> by the way, the trivia question was supposed to be this. Justin Herbert is the first Chargers rookie quarterback to win a start since whom or who? Ryan Leaf. Right. Back in 19. Blame the Jets fan. Okay. That's our producer. You know, he's backwards let's, in life. Let's let's <laughs> take a break. Uh, uh, a, a strange boast from Chris's former head coach in Tampa when PFT Live continues right now. 
we're on the cutting edge of beating the virus. Uh, what we've done as an organization are top notch. We don't have any issues. We've had, we had a guy get the virus on the bye week. Uh, we had a guy perhaps didn't use his tracer. We're not the only team in the league, just so you know, that has had people catch the virus. You can do your research on that and make sure we're all on the same page. Uh, everybody in the country and in the world is dealing with the virus, including the president of the United States. Come on, John. John, come on, John. Look, let me try to be somewhat respectful here to John Gruden. I respect what he's done as a head coach, et cetera. But that is such a load of crap. You, the Raiders are the poster children for how not to handle the virus. You're not, you're not on the cutting edge of beating it. You're on the cutting edge of collapsing under its weight from Gruden blatantly refusing to wear a mask, fined $100,000, a team fined $250,000. They had an unauthorized person in the locker room. They were fined $50,000 for that. They had a bunch of, a bunch of guys at a mask-free event right. indoors that all the players got fined for by the league. And then they've got Trent Brown gets it, and the whole offensive line gets sent home, and they lose the game to the Buccaneers in part because their offensive line wasn't there to practice. Yeah. Don't give me this crap that you're on the cutting edge of beating it. Yeah, other teams have had positives, but you're the only team that has been an embarrassment. And all this tough talk about, oh, we got to beat the virus. We gotta... Well, you're the coach. You know, we've talked about this time and again. He's the guy who's supposed to stand up in front of the locker room and say, knock on whatever this is if you're with me. It's not wood. Knock on wood if you're with me and beating the virus. And he hasn't done it. If he has, they're ignoring him, Chris, because they, other than the Titans, are the team that's handled it the worst of any. Yeah, I, I, I you know... To come out that defiant and that strong right there, that's where it's just wrong. You know, again, you could say, yeah, we've made mistakes. It's not perfect. COVID-19's everywhere in the world, all those type of things. But, yes, he's trying to make it sound like they did everything perfect and they just got a little unlucky. And, no, we have cell phones and evidence that you didn't, and we know that. I'm and, disappointed. I'm disappointed you know? he didn't say we're turning the corner on beating it. He should have said that. Well, yeah, I, I hear you, man. I mean, the example he used for even that guy's got it. I want to go, well, nobody disrespected it more than him either. So, of course, he's got it. That's it for today. Thanks. See God. ya. See you Wednesday. Enjoy your Tuesday. See ya. 